Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Woman Up Podcast. I'm your host, Carly Goodhart, registered nurse and aspiring Miss America. I have dedicated my life, both personally and professionally, to improving the health of every woman I encounter. I am so excited you are here to be a part of this amazing journey, and I can't wait to help you woman up, take charge of your health, and become your best you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Woman Up Podcast. Today we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is heart health. I am so passionate about women's heart health and so excited that the Miss America program has made the American Heart Association our national partner. I have been working with the American Heart Association for years and have been involved with the Go Red for Women movement, which was launched in 2004 with the ultimate goal of raising awareness, research funds, and providing education to women across the globe regarding women's heart health. So this organization directly aligns with my mission with Woman Up, which is pretty darn special. So let's dive into it. Did you know that cardiovascular or heart disease is the number one killer of women? Actually causes one in three deaths each year. In fact, heart disease kills more women each year than every single form of cancer combined. And what is really crazy to me is that only 44% of women know that. You know, you hear so many people afraid to even say the C word or cancer, but in reality, you are far more likely to lose your life or the life of a loved one to heart disease. Now, most women don't even know that they are living with heart disease. Actually, about 45% of women over the age of 20 are living with some form of heart disease, and heart disease can affect a woman at any age. If you're a returning listener to this podcast, you know that my cousin Heidi was living with an undiagnosed heart condition, which ultimately took her life. She was only 20 years old when she died from sudden cardiac arrest. So it is crucial that as women, we know our risk factors and our family history. So I know that because of my significant family history and the women in my family that passed away at very young ages due to heart disease, my risk is elevated compared to most women my age. So you bet I have had routine screening done to ensure that my heart is as healthy as can be. So when we say heart disease, that term is really an umbrella term for a plethora of heart conditions, but What we're really going to talk about today, because this topic is so big, I feel like I could spend so many episodes talking about it. Um, What we're really going to focus on today is how you can implement lifestyle changes to reduce your individual risk. So studies have actually shown that healthy lifestyle changes have resulted in 330 fewer women dying from heart disease per day and can reduce the risk of heart disease by up to 80%. So 
it's important to know that there are some risk factors that you can't change, right? Um, for example, age. Those that are over the age of 65 have an increased risk. African Americans also have an increased risk or those that have a family history, like I mentioned. So especially if you have a relative with heart disease before the age of 55, those risk factors are something that you can't change. But there are what we call modifiable risk factors that you actually have the ability to take control over. And that's what we're really going to focus on today. So the first thing we are going to talk about is smoking, vaping, tobacco, nicotine. If you smoke, if you use tobacco in any form, if you vape, quit. And if you don't do any of those things, don't start. Smokers actually have more than twice the risk of developing heart disease. And on average, smoking costs 14 years of life for women. So not only that, but also secondhand smoke exposure as well is important to avoid because that can damage the blood vessels, which lead to heart disease. So why it's important, smoking and nicotine, vaping, these all cause your heart to beat faster and your blood pressure to rise. And they also make it more likely for you to have clots that form and promotes the buildup of what we call plaque in those arteries that eventually narrows them. Of course, we can't talk about preventative measures without talking about diet. So what I want to say about diet is don't overcomplicate it. Too often, people think I need to eat, you know, this many grams of protein a day and only this much fat or carbs or whatnot, but I really just want to make it simple for you. So first of all, eat more veggies. We're all guilty of it. If you can make your plate at least half fruits and vegetables high five my friend that is what you should be aiming for with your meals as far as foods to limit you should be limiting your sodium or salt saturated fats added sugars and alcohol so i'm just going to break those four things down for you so sodium certainly no more than 2300 milligrams a day but you really should have a goal of no more than 1,500 milligrams per day. So some products may offer a low sodium or reduced sodium or no salt added option. So those are always great to opt for. Also choosing fresh or frozen instead of canned or pre-seasoned or marinated processed meats, poultry, veggies, any of those things. And eating at home more often can also help you control the amount of sodium because oofta, you do not want to know how much sodium is in foods at restaurants. Or maybe you do. It's terrifying. So I'll just, I'll just spare you that. <laughs> so when you're cooking at home, also experiment with more herbs and spices. I know I grew up in a salt and pepper family. Those were pretty much the extents of our seasonings, but as I got older and branched out, I experimented more with my cooking and use a lot of other seasonings and certainly a lot less salt. Saturated fats. So these are the bad fats that usually come from cheese, butter, fatty meats, those sorts of things. So what I really want to say is read your labels and choose foods that are 
lower in those saturated or bad fats and higher in the unsaturated or good fats. Also making sure that you're eating leaner, lower fat, or skinless meats. In addition to that, consuming lower fat dairy products using certain vegetable oils like olive oil instead of butter when you're cooking. Added sugars. So some foods like fruit contain natural sugars, which is totally fine. But added sugars are sugars that don't naturally occur in foods, so they are added in by the manufacturer to enhance or sweeten the taste. So pretty much anything that's added in by the manufacturer, not a good thing. So think like brown sugar, corn syrup, dextrose, glucose, fructose, sucrose, really anything ending in that O's, the O-S-E, probably has some added sugars to it. The most common culprits are pop or soda. I'm from the Midwest, so I say pop, but I know that we have a lot of people from all over the country that probably don't know what I'm saying when I say pop. So soda, fruit drinks, um, any sort of sweetened coffees, energy drinks, really half of all of the added sugars that Americans consume are in beverages. So the best solution I would say is drink more water. That is an easy way to make sure that you're not drinking those overly sweetened beverages. Some other common culprits are any snacks or sweets like cakes, cookies, donuts, brownies, ice cream, candy, and syrups or jams or those sorts of things. So make sure that you're opting for items that have no added sugar, items that are low fat and fat-free options. And lastly, alcohol. So alcohol specifically can add calories and increase your weight, which raises your blood pressure and your triglyceride levels and also increases your risk of other diseases like cancer. So really making sure that you are limiting or eliminating alcohol from your diet as well. And really just limiting all of these things I talked about, right? You don't have to completely eliminate them, but by being more conscious of what you're consuming, you will naturally consume less, which is a good thing. So something that I think is super helpful is food journaling because most women don't even know what they're consuming, so it can be very eye-opening. And you can do this in a lot of ways. You can either utilize an actual journal and write down everything that you eat, or there are numerous apps out there on the market, free apps even. Um, for example, My Fitness Pal where you just kind of plug in what you eat in a day and it will do all the nutrition facts for you and kind of calculate, you know, your sodium intake, your protein intake, your saturated fat intake. And like I said, so many women don't even realize what they're consuming until they have it all written down in front of them. And then they see like, oh my goodness, I ate 4,000 calories today and 3,000 milligrams of sodium you know, it's, it's just important to be aware of what we are putting into our bodies. And food, food journaling is a great way to do that. Obviously, we can't talk about heart health without talking about exercise and maintaining a healthy weight. So even losing a few pounds can lower your risk for heart disease. And exercise doesn't have to be strenuous or high intensity or something that you dread. 
even getting out for a 30-minute walk in the evenings is a great way to implement exercise into your day. If you find that that is too much for you, you can always start slowly and build up to that goal. But honestly, even if you can find five minutes a day, that is better than nothing. You know, there are small decisions throughout your day that you can incorporate, such as taking the stairs instead of the elevator or marching in place while you watch TV. Little changes like that um, help you to be more mindful of movement. So the end goal, if, you, if you're somebody who's already in shape and working out often, you should be aiming for 60 minutes a day of moderate to vigorous exercise five days a week and also including strength training at least two days a week. Like I said, this is kind of the end goal. So if that is a lofty goal for you, start small and build your way up to that. I can't stress this one enough, managing stress. So stress can actually cause your arteries that your blood flows through to tighten. And that is what increases your risk of heart disease. So exercise is a great way to reduce stress, but also practicing mindfulness or finding support in your loved ones, your family, your friends, your coworkers, um, anything that helps you kind of take your mind off of that stress. There are also certain conditions that can contribute to heart disease. So the first one being high blood pressure. So when we talk about blood pressure, our kind of goal number, so to say, is 120 over 80. That's what we consider a pretty typical or normal blood pressure. Now, that number is pretty specific. I don't think I've ever had my blood pressure taken and it's been 120 over 80. It can be like 117 over 76, but that's kind of the goal number that we shoot for. So the top number is the pressure in your arteries, which is what your blood flows through, when your heart beats. And the bottom number measures the pressure in those arteries in between the heartbeats. So, like I said, 120 over 80 is what we consider normal. So, anything that's 120 to 139 for the top number over 80 to 89 we consider prehypertension. So these folks that have a blood pressure of 120 to 139 over 80 over 89 should be making healthy choices to prevent heart disease. I know blood pressure can be tricky sometimes because a lot of folks get what we call white coat syndrome. And as soon as they put the blood pressure cuff on, you are like, oh my gosh, what if my blood pressure is high? I'm at the doctor's office, I'm nervous. That's normal. Um, so when we do measure blood pressure, it's important to, if, if you do have a high reading, to repeat that to ensure that it's actually high. So hypertension or diagnosed high blood pressure is defined as 140 over 90. And that has to be taken at least two separate occasions on two separate days. So you should be getting your blood pressure checked at least yearly with your yearly physicals. But if your high blood pressure is left untreated, it can lead to heart disease or heart attack or a stroke. So it's important to know your numbers and to be following that regularly. High cholesterol can also contribute to heart disease. So there's lots of terms and lots of numbers when we talk about cholesterol. So I'm going to break that down for you a little bit. The first one is LDL, which stands for low density lipoprotein. So that 
is the bad cholesterol. And that really can contribute to artery blockages or that plaque buildup that we talk about. So that number should be 100 or lower. If you're at risk for heart disease or if you've already had a heart attack, you may need to aim for closer to less than 70. The next kind is HDL, which is high-density lipoprotein, and that is the good cholesterol. So the good cholesterol helps remove the bad cholesterol from the arteries and takes it to the liver so it can be excreted from the body. And high levels of that HDL actually lower your risk for heart disease for that reason. So your HDL levels should be 60 or above. Another number that we talk about is your triglycerides. So that is a type of fat, the most common type of fat in the body. And a normal level for triglycerides is less than 150. And then you have your total cholesterol. So that measures your LDL, your HDL, and any other lipids or fat substances. And so that total cholesterol number should be less than 200. If you are someone with diabetes, it is important to know that the risk factors for diabetes are really similar to those for heart disease, like obesity, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and so you are at an increased risk for heart disease. So it's so crucial to make sure that you are effectively managing your diabetes to prevent your risk for heart disease. Poor oral health has been linked to heart disease as well. And part of that is because the bacteria that can infect the gums and cause gingivitis or periodontitis can really travel into the blood vessels and cause an inflammatory response in the body that can damage your blood vessels, that can create blood clots, um, and eventually lead to a heart attack and a stroke. So making sure that you are taking great care of your oral health. If you don't see a dentist regularly, ensuring that you do. I know I can't speak for everyone that's listening to this podcast because Fun fact, we have listeners from nearly every state in the U.S. and nine different countries, which is super exciting. So I can't speak to everyone's um, insurance policies and insurance coverage, but at least here in South Dakota, which is where I'm from, South Dakota Medicaid is now partnered with Delta Dental, and they are covering um, dental coverage for adults, children, and pregnant women. It is a great, great resource. So if you are somebody that does not have um, a dentist or dental coverage, um, there is that option as well. If you need help finding a dentist, I would love to link you with one. Um, and also we have some great community health center de dental clinics as well. And those accept both Medicaid and fee-for-service patients. So I would love to help link you with a dental provider as well. So I hope this has been beneficial. I hope you've learned a little bit more about heart health and ways that you can reduce your risk of heart disease. And as always, share this information with your girlfriends because the best way to woman up is to woman up together. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Woman Up podcast. I hope this episode has empowered you to woman up and take charge of your health today. If you have any questions, comments, topics that you want to learn more about, or if you want to share your story, 
please reach out to me at carly.goodhart at womanupsd.org. Or you can find me on social media at Carly Goodhart or at Miss Dakota Prairie SD.